Welcome to the Naughty Child Podcast. With me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. I'll dish everything before I leave. I need to find that bag for my quiz. Alex Hartley took us off air in Brighton earlier this year. I'm a huge fan of Pepper. We thought we were really funny. So Bobby, I'm doing a <laughs> podcast, man. Come on. <laughs> well, my dog is now called Jimmy Anderson. Oh, well, Manchester Originals aren't through to the Eliminators, so I've got to change that to eat. Yeah. Do you cook French food? Like, do you cook frog legs and snails? <laughs> uh, I just lock myself in a procedure room. That Sophie Eccleston's the worst. It's like having a child with you when she's on top. I don't know whether it shows something about me or whether it just shows I'm a little bit stupid. So, Polly, we last recorded on a Tuesday, uh, which was nine days ago and since then England cannot stop winning honestly it could not be more different so last time we recorded England were six nil down mm-hmm. and now they're six six which is crazy if you had told me last Tuesday that England would have won three games on the trot I would have been um I probably wouldn't have believed you but that first win at the oval was incredible firstly the crowd were just so like I mean it reminded me of Edgebaston the crowd were just so behind England and obviously because you were there weren't you yeah and do you know the thing I loved about that is normally when you're in the press box you can't really hear much mm-hmm. but there's an outside press box at the oval did you hear what she just said well normally when you're in the press box <laughs> oh stop it stop it yeah I remember 20 years ago in the press box 20 years yeah. ago okay anyway <laughs> <laughs> so yeah normally you're indoors so you can't really get much of the atmosphere unless they have like a window open Mm -hmm. but at the oval they've got an outside bit and I was worried because I was like I'm gonna get cold but it was fine in the end and you could really soak up the atmosphere because you're right by the crowd um so it was amazing and of course England winning Australia just making loads of mistakes it was it was beautiful yeah so England had lost the first T20 at Edgebaston and then went to the Oval and um, set 186 for nine. Mm-hmm. Danny Wyatt getting a stack load of runs. And the question was, was that going to be enough? Mm. Now, previously, we'd been hitting around 160-ish. So it was definitely a, an improvement. But, of course, Oval is famously quite a high-scoring yeah. uh, wicket. And um, <coughs> Australia didn't chase mm. it down. I know. It it was a really interesting one because with the Aussies, you just think they can win from anywhere. Yeah. And and that's how it's always been. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually for England to be able to pile on the pressure and for them actually not to be able to get over the line yeah. was, yeah, it was beautiful to watch. And um, really historic because that broke Australia's losing, a winning streak mm-hmm. even. Um, we say they're on a losing streak now. I mean, they've just lost three games. That's not a losing streak, but in our eyes, it is. They're the best team in the world. Um, you know what England have done over the last few days has been unbelievable. It's, um, yeah, such a turnaround. As some key, you know, Danny Wyatt, of course, batting, yeah. but uh, Darvish's own Sarah Glenn, oh. um, bowling in that game. Yeah, uh, two for twenty-seven from a four over is really, really good, including the mm-hmm. wickets of Alyssa Healy. Exactly, yeah, and she had that first wicket, that breakthrough. Um, so yeah, amazing. Um, love the oval. Then we moved on to Lords, which I was so nervous for this game. Out of all of them, I was probably most worried mm-hmm. because it's such a bad look if England had lost the ashes at Lords. Yeah. Like that just would have been awful. And there was a whole unveiling of this plaque to commemorate the creation of the women's ashes and mm-hmm. things like that, and it was just like, oh, if after all of this, um, and another thing to add on to it, I know we've mentioned it before, was about crowds. So the Oval broke a record for the biggest crowd for a women's domestic, like women's home bilateral series. Yes. Okay. Um, which then was broken again at Lords, which then was broken again. No, it wasn't broken again after that. No, it wasn't. It was. No, it was. It's broken at Edgebaston. Edgebaston Oval Lords. Yeah, that was yeah. it. I knew yeah. there were three in a row. Yeah. Um, and so it was just like, all these people have come to watch England. And of course, everyone knew the series was set up so well, but it was just like, if England lose here, it's yeah. going to be awful. And again, it was another nail biter. Well, it was DLS as well, wasn't it? Yeah. It? Um, so, because it was rain affected. 
um, Australia hit 155 from their 20 overs, which was under par, mm-hmm. has to be said. England batting second. Um, worst set, 120 or something like that. It was 119. Yeah. wasn't it? And uh, and got home with four balls to spare. No, you're actually quite comfortable. Mm. And we had predicted that Alice <laughs> Capsey was going to come good. Yeah. And lo and behold. She did. Strike rate of 200 in that game. Hit 446 mm-hmm. or 23 balls. Um, it's just it's brilliant to see, isn't it? Because we know her talent, and this is <coughs> finally this is the series mm. where she's been unleashed on the world. Yeah, yeah, and it is interesting. I just think Lord suits her so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, she obviously had her kind of breakout innings in the hundred where she got that half century at Lords, mm-hmm. but the way she just confidently went out there and hit sixes, I was yeah. like, well. So you were at Lords in the old media centre and all that? Yeah, I was. What's that like? What's it like? It's amazing. It is just like the coolest thing to go up in a lift to get like on the outside. Because obviously normally you're in a lift on the inside, but like you're strolling up and you go up this lift. And it's like, it feels like you're in a spaceship Mm -hmm. because of the shape of the media centre. It's got a massive window at the front. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Um, Yes, because I've I've been in it on the Lords mm, tour. And then... um, Mel Story invited yeah, us in, we went in September, up in September and September. just have a little look round. Yeah. But to actually be in there on the occasion of a big yeah. game yeah. at Lords, because I bet it was just full of press. People. It was full of people, um, even some people who I hadn't seen with the other games. So, like, this was the one they were working on. So, that was quite cool. And um, yeah, Lords was really busy. It was interesting. So, um, we turned up. At just after four mm-hmm. and in our heads I mean we should have known what time it started but we were like oh yeah it starts at six and it was quite busy there were big queues mm-hmm. but like they weren't letting people in yet and um they were like it starts at 6 35 and all these people have got here for four o'clock mm-hmm. I was like that's incredible um so we did walk around the ground when it was kind of empty and then really soaked up the atmosphere as everyone was coming in you've got to get up early to Lord's <coughs> you know just to kind yeah. of get the hospitality in get- <laughs> Down a couple of bottles of Verve Clico. Mm. Yeah, um, but no, it was a it was a really good um, good experience, and I mean another incredible game. Trying to finish it all off. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. So Australia seemingly unbeatable. Mm. Go to London and lose two games in three days. Yeah, which takes us on to the ODI series. Well, I was worried about the ODIs because that is like. I would say England's weakest format and actually where Australia really dominate. Mm. Um, and I was just like, I can't see England winning all three. Um, England obviously have won the first one at Bristol in what was, it looked like it was going to be a comfortable win. And then <laughs> classic England made it difficult for themselves. <laughs> and you're just like, no, I was like, you can't, if they throw this away, I was like, this is an awful way to, kind of lose the ashes but um good old Kate Cross with the ramp which I mean I just couldn't understand how Australia didn't put a fielder to to stop the ramp because everyone knows that (laughs) Kate Cross does the ramp like she's done it in the hundred this isn't some massive secret that's her like go-to shot so I mean okay a couple of the boundaries that she hit were a bit of a surprise and I know she said she didn't expect to hit them but it, you know she's going to ramp. I so, love it when bowlers bat well. Oh, me too. It's so good. It's just the best. Because particularly as a bowler, it annoys me that batters don't have to bowl. Mm-hmm. But obviously bowlers have to bat. And so then when you do bat and do it well, it's satisfying. Yeah. Um, so Australia hit 263 for eight mm-hmm. from the 50 overs. And that yeah. we have never chased down. Yeah, it was the highest successful chase. Um, Beth Mooney again. 81 off 99 mm. she's so boring i know it's, <laughs> she, she's so boring but she's so good and she just gets the job done kind of quietly in the most unspectacular yeah. way yeah um yeah i, which is I wish i wish we had someone that boring yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> come on john lewis we need more boring players we're not here to entertain and inspire we want to bore and send to sleep um but yeah, I mean, it was an interesting game because there were so many mistakes from either side. I mean, England was shambolic with the drop catches. But but then too, absolutely exactly, as there well. were there were speckies, and then there were disasters. Mm. Um, so of course, I think that's something they're going to look at because I think fielding from either side, to be fair, hasn't 
up in amazing. Yeah, and Australia's um, bowling in the power oh play. Oh my gosh, it was awful. It the was extras. Comical. I know, it was like the worst I've seen. I mean, I don't know why they open with Elise Perry. Kind of, when you've got Megan Shoot who can swing the ball, I don't know why, they, but you know, each their own. Yeah. Um, clearly didn't work. Um, yeah, I, was, I mean, questions are being asked to people's captains, mm. aren't they? Well, it's interesting because I, I know a couple of people were saying, oh, well, you know, Meg Lanning would have done X, Y, Z in this situation. And, and it's an interesting one because as the series has gone on, I've kind of forgot that Meg Lanning's not there yeah. because you just get used to the new team. And you're just like, oh, well, let's see who's captaining. But actually, I think maybe Meg would have done something kind of different. I, again, my view of her is that she's a very cold, strategic mm. sort of person. She terrifies me. I'm sure she's lovely, but... Yeah. Whereas Alyssa Healy is a mm. bit more happy-go-lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yes, yeah, so they have very different outlooks mm. on life, therefore very different ways of captaining. Yeah. And neither are right or wrong. No. Um, but you sense that the clinical ruthlessness mm. is no it's longer disappearing quite there. a bit. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really good point, and it's interesting to hear the Aussies speak like after these losses because they're not used to losing. Mm. Um, I mean, some of the players have never lost a series until that T Twenty series, yeah. and so it's just like this is actually really painful, and they don't know how to get out of a, a losing rut sort of thing. I say it's a losing rut, they've lost three games, but, you know, compared to their history, they haven't lost a series since 2017. I mean, this is the thing, and when you consider we really should have won the Test match. I know. And had we oh. won the Test match, we would now have the Ashes. Don't, it's so frustrating. But then at the same time, I think if we had won the Test match, perhaps that um, shift in mindset perhaps wouldn't mm, have quite been maybe. there, but maybe. you never know. Um, but I think actually the fact that England have managed to win three games on the bounce, mm. yeah, I know they need to win the last two, but they're not handing the ashes to Australia. No, they're really fighting and they've got the Aussies rattled and I love to see yeah. it so much. Like this has not been a good performance by Australia by any means. They won't be happy with it. Their mystique is gone. Exactly. Like you, you we don't fear them anymore. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I tell you what I loved about England's batting at Bristol mm-hmm. is... Tammy Beaumont, yeah. Alice Capsey, they really, in the power play section, they just mm-hmm. put those bowlers to the sword, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. A really impressive batting. Yeah. Um, and it really, it just set the tone. And it, it meant that the rest <coughs> of the batters could come in and mm-hmm. just knock the ball around. And yeah. there, were, there was no great deal of pressure there until we started losing wickets mm. yeah. later on. Heather Knight, I've, I've got to speak about Heather Knight. Yeah. I have previously mentioned her as someone who's not really scored very many runs. No. Well, in... she hadn't. She had had a poor series so far. Uh, and a poor couple of years, yeah. really. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, since, I suppose since the last Ashes, she mm. got a ton of runs, didn't she, yeah. in Australia? Um, but her innings there, 75 not out from 86, yeah. was absolutely crucial. She anchored it right to the end. Yeah, I mean, I was like, she needs to stick there because I think the thing that's kind of annoying with England, I mean, this is slightly not true with how Kate Cross batted, but when, for example, Heather Knight is out, you think about kind of who's coming in next. You've got Amy Jones, who Mm -hmm. I'm just like, she can be good, but most of the time she's not very Mm -hmm. reliable. And Sophie Eccleston can give it a whack, but in terms of playing a proper innings, I don't think she's going to do that. And past that, you're just like, well, there's no chance. Um, So I actually think Heather Knight's innings was was really crucial, and I'm glad she got some runs on the board, um, not only for her as a player, but also because it obviously really helped England. Yes. Yes, and I think having an established batter with the Mm. tail really helps. Yeah. You know, if Heather Knight had got out at the same time, yeah. Amy Jones was getting out and so on, then we wouldn't that have would won have been, that game. Yeah, it would have been a lot more difficult. Um, so, yeah, plenty of drama. And the games have been really tight again. Um, it feels like everyone's talking about it. Kate Cross was trending on Twitter yesterday, <laughs> which is mad. And even The Washes was trending on Twitter. Not even Ashes, it was The Washes was trendy on Twitter and I feel like I've just seen so many people who don't normally even engage in cricket talking about the women's ashes and it's been like the front page of BBC Sport things like that and that's really cool to see 
And it, I, I guess, it, again, the marketing of it has yeah. been great. And, mm-hmm. of course, the men's series is paralleling well, the yeah. women's series to a certain mm-hmm. extent. And so there's a kind of, the momentum is growing yeah. for both series, isn't it, as we, yeah. we come to a climax in the next couple of weeks. Well, yeah, and one thing I've noticed, which we've spoken about previously to do with marketing, is actually at a lot of the games, I've seen a lot of people in Lioness's shirts. So a lot of people with the new shirts or with specific, like I, I remember at Trent Bridge, I saw someone with Lucy Bronze's name. I've seen people with Leah Williamson's on their back. And actually it's things like that where you you know, you find a market who are already interested in women's sport and bring them to another women's sport. And that I think has has worked because um yeah, there are a lot of people who have been at these games who've been at cricket for the first time yeah. who don't understand the game and that's really good. And to, to I mean to be fair, it is a mad series to mm. introduce them to, but it'll keep people hooked. Yeah, and you know, clever things like Leah Williamson and Heather Knight did a yeah, little they did interview a little together. Interview. Yeah. You know, and in fact you you met Heather Knight, didn't you, at the Emirates a few months yeah, ago yeah, with Boucher. Yeah. So there's all yeah, they are of, Arsenal fans, so I mean, there's all sorts of cross pollination going yeah. on there between yeah. the two sports. And I think that's mm-hmm. really it's really good for well, it's good for cricket. Yeah. Football can live it, without cricket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think football necessarily benefits, but I think actually to bring people into cricket or even to engage with cricket content that's actually a really good way for people to see it and um yeah no I thought I that's just kind of something I've observed over the series and I thought was quite interesting um given we've spoken about it before um but alongside the ashes we've of course still had the RHF and we've got the 100 coming up with Interesting announcement this morning from the hundred with the final signings, and yeah, it frustrated me because the hundred, like when the regions, when everything's a bit shambolic with the regions, I can very much forgive that because they have like no investment. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the hundred, they have a lot of investment, and they normally get it really right. And they, it's normally amazing. They've got great content. Their socials are good, but the release of the information today was shambolic because. Um, Sunrisers announced Sunrisers players that had signed with 100 teams. Sparks announced Birmingham Phoenix players, but not any other players. Um, None of the other regions announced anyone until later on in the day. Um, The 100 hadn't put anything out. The Cricketer published an article with the full squads. I was like, what is going on? Um, So it was a bit messy. Yeah, clearly this information has been out there (coughs) for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, well, apparently it was on the app last week all this information <laughs> but like no one kind of noticed um and the release date apparently was supposed to be a few weeks uh, like a few days earlier a couple of players have made appearances in the last week um in their new team kits or teams that they signed for which <laughs> they haven't been announced. announced so uh, grace hall did and did an appearance and i was like well i presume she's in the hundred then i presume she's with northern supercharges because she's in the kit and it would be a bit weird if she wasn't but it hadn't been announced and it's just like Oh gosh, so yes. I mean, we'll let them off because they yeah. get they've got a lot right. But that but was, I was just that like, was not their finest but moment. they managed to do it perfectly fine for the men's. Ah, so that's why I don't let them off because I'm like, clearly it's not that hard. Um, yeah, and I suppose with the drafts being different, it is a bit messy because for the men it was the wild card overseas. Yes, but for this it was like announcing the rest of the squad. Yeah. So it was just yeah, a little bit. Um, Messy, but there's some interesting picks actually because uh, Risha Ghosh has signed for London Spirit. Really good. Yeah. So she's the only Indian player in the tournament, yeah. which I mean, I don't see why the Indian players would come over anymore if they've got the WPL and can earn stacks more than the hundred. Probably doesn't have as much of an appeal. As you know, Harman Preet cool. Harman Preet's playing for Trent Rockets, so Risha's not the only one. Uh, um, but other oh, and Smriti right there. Okay. forget everything i said <laughs> i just because we had this conversation yes. earlier and we thought yes. rich was getting a bit no okay yeah it's jemmy okay. that isn't jemmy playing. yeah i mean in my eyes she is indian cricket so <laughs> um and that's a real shame i know because she the first two years she, she has been really a good. real star i mean she's probably like one of the most valuable players mm. and she's not come over okay well ignore what we said before um, someone's probably yelling down the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're just so caught up with the ashes. We, we haven't yeah, got I know. tuned into the hundreds yet. Um, 
but yeah and then quite a few of the under 19s have been picked up so um seren smell's gone to london spirit with ellie anderson Karis and Dav are at um, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So smells back with Oval. Um, uh, Lizzie Scott has gone with Invincibles as well I as um, a replacement for Tash Farrant. Oh, I um, love it actually when people from the north go to the south. I know. So, so, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just this this thought of, yeah. of uh, Lizzie from Hexham going down to South London. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, um, and then I'm trying to think of other players off the top of my head. Liberty Heap um, is with Manchester Originals, mm-hmm. so yeah, I see that makes of... sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I can't imagine if if she went Can down imagine? to South London, <laughs> no one would understand the words <laughs> she said. <laughs> the East Lang accent, <laughs> um, but no, it's actually really cool to see a lot of them get picked up, um, which is really nice. And um, yeah, there's been a couple of injuries. So, for example, so actually Rish has been picked up because George Redmayne has pulled out. Mm-hmm. So I presume her Achilles injury isn't fully sorted mm-hmm. yet. Um, but yeah, the, the squads are all in. And at some point, we'll do kind of a bit of a preview. I don't think we'll cover tons of the 100 because we're going to have a bit of a break. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely do a preview and make some predictions because I think actually the teams have been really mixed up. Um, and there are some new overseas players in and things like that. So I actually think that could be quite interesting. I think Welsh Fire will still not win the game. Do you know? I No, I think they could. <laughs> Although it did make me laugh because Kate Kopak, who plays for Sunrise, is assigned for Welsh Fire. And I was like, I was like, oh gosh. I was like, oh, from one losing team to another. <laughs> so hopefully that will change, but we'll see. Speaking of the regions, we'll touch a bit on Rachel Flint. Blaze are still winning. They are miles ahead at the top. I mean, I don't know mathematically what that means, but I feel like they can't drop out the top three now. That rebrand has just been amazing. And I don't understand why. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> get it. I mean, I did a like a piece a couple of months ago on it, but like, I still don't understand it. Um, mm-hmm. It just feels like everything's changed and they're doing really well. So they played on the Isle of Wight. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I was supposed to commentate on Spark vs. Storm and it blooded. Honestly, I've never seen rain like it. That's your second commentary this year that's been completely rained on. I know. And I had a sore throat for both of them. So, mm. some. I mean, it kind of saved my voice because, <laughs> I mean, I'm still ill now, but um, it meant I didn't completely lose my voice. So, mm. that was quite handy. So, yeah. Yes. So, so yeah, some really good performances as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I noticed, for example, Marie Kelly got some runs. Yeah, she got really runs on the board. Yeah. So they were doing quite well. Um, Lauren Winfield Hill, of course, um, obviously always gets runs. Um, but yeah, there, there, there were some really good performances across the board. So it was very nice to see. Um, yes. And yeah, there've been a lot of debuts recently with mm-hmm. younger players coming through, whether they'll kind of stick around when other players come back, mm-hmm. I don't know, but um that's also been quite yeah. interesting to see. Tasman Brits as well. Yeah, come over from South Africa, got a century. Um, was that her first game? Because she'd completely not... I think uh, so. She, was on my she radar at all. signed like after the Charlotte Edwards Cup. So mm-hmm. this must have been her first or second game. But um, yeah, she did really well. Yes, because she knocked England out of the world. Oh, don't mm-hmm. talk about it. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this is our 100th episode. It is. So way back in 2021, two and a half years ago, yeah, um, you, um, had convinced. Well, we you convinced me to start a podcast with you, and it was very much the other way around. Do you think so? You convinced me to start a podcast with you. Well, I convinced you to start a podcast, and then you chose me. Oh, um. Not really, but... Well, actually, we were in national lockdown at the time. Yeah, I didn't really have a choice. I had the choice of about four of the people in the house, and I was like, "Mm, okay. Um, But you got in touch with Kate Cross, and I'd never heard of her. Do you know, it's so funny, and it, like, makes me laugh, because we literally knew nothing about women's cricket going into that interview. (laughs) Like, it is awful. But, um, like, I'd listened to Nobles for, like, two, three months, Mm -hmm. but, like, not gonna lie, I did not know much about women's cricket. I knew Anya Shrubsall, and that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did this interview, and it was incredible. I mean, it's so embarrassing to look back because we printed out 
a sheet with all the questions and we highlighted who was going to ask which question. Yes. Which now we literally turned up. You're yeah. sometimes like Googling people's stats two minutes before or as they're joining the Zoom. I stop starting I've got like very brief notes on my phone, but I will never have a full question written out. And and you asked Kate Cross for her email address so you could email the questions to her in advance of the podcast. So oh, she yeah, knew what yeah. Going to ask. In fact, I think actually she asked for the question, you know, media training and all that. Okay. Um, but yeah, then I emailed her these questions. It's so funny to like, yeah, it's kind of because doing interviews now just feels so normal. But <laughs> back in the day, it was like, because I'd never interviewed anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you were well, only in year 11. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, who interviews anyone before? <laughs> like, they're 15 or whatever. Um, but yeah, and then we did that and then obviously got Hartley on and it kind of just went from there and decided to do the 100 and things like that. Um, and now we've interviewed over 100 people with doing our 100th episode. Um, and it, it's just crazy. It, it's, it, it is. I'm so, I still amazing. don't believe that people listen because I, I mean, I don't know half the people that listen. Like, I don't even know their names. So that to me is like really strange as well. But it's, yes. it's really cool. I mean, you never know who's listening because Charlotte Edwards might be on a flight from Mackay to Adelaide <laughs> and might be listening to your chat with Maya Boucher. So you never know. Yes, this this is true. Um, <coughs> yeah, so Lottie, friend of the pod, yeah. um, got in touch with us and asked to come on that time. That was like the maddest moment, I think. Mm-hmm. I was just baffled. Um, but we've had so many kind of highlights. Should we talk through some of the memorable episodes? Yes. Yeah, well, that Kate Cross first yeah. one, definitely. Yeah, I think actually the second Kate Cross one for me stands out even more because that was quite nice. So she was in like self isolation before. That felt. Went... I don't think this is the right word, but it felt quite intimate. Yeah. It, in that she was all on her own. Yeah. And it was a really difficult mm. time. Yeah. And but it felt like we had we had a connection from yeah. the previous year. Mm. And 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 as she does, she just spoke very honestly, yeah. and very personally, and and yeah, and it, it turned out to be like a really nice episode, and mm. it was one of those where I just genuinely really enjoyed just chatting, yeah. um, and it didn't feel like this big formal interview; it just felt like kind of a sit down chat, mm-hmm. which was really nice. Um, so yeah, she's she's so good at remembering people. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. awful at remembering people. <laughs> me too. <laughs> if anyone's met me, I'm like really <laughs> awkward. And do you know, the thing is, that's funny is there have been times where people have like come up to me, oh, I really like the podcast. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And they'll mention who they are. And I'll be like, oh, okay. And I'll be like, I have no idea who you are. And it's not like a thing of, I don't know who people are. But then when I go back onto Twitter, I'm like, oh, I know exactly who I was talking mm-hmm. to. And it's not a thing of like me being rude. I'm just like really forgetful. And... <laughs> so can we apologise to everyone? Yeah, or anyone that would be really <laughs> awkward to you. Like, I don't mean to be. I'm a nice person, but like, I don't know. I'm just a bit awkward sometimes. Yeah, so so Kate Cross yeah. immediately comes to mind. But that, I think as well, two together that happened at different times mm-hmm. was, as you said, the Charlotte Edwards one. Yeah. And then the Mark Robinson one yeah. as well. And for both of them, we kind of raised the like, the awkward question. Yeah, the elephant in the room, which I feel mm. like I hadn't heard an answer to before. Mm. Um, but it was really interesting to chat to them both kind of about, obviously, Lottie getting dropped or slash kicked out of the England team. Um, but actually to have that conversation with both of them and hear it from both sides. Mm. Uh, and I was just really interested by Mark, Mark Robinson, actually, because obviously he works in men's cricket now, coaching Warwickshire, but... He's still very in touch with women's cricket. Mm-hmm. And that to me was like really, really interesting to hear. Um, and he's also so lovely. Um, and mm-hmm. I've seen him at Warwickshire Lane since. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's really nice. So they they stand out for me as well. Um, it was interesting. This was a really long time ago. Chatting to Katie Perkins mm-hmm. and her talking about her work in the police force and with the Maori people. And I thought that was really, really interesting. And I think... That's something that I've become more fascinated in, particularly since uh, the Women's World Cup is being held in New Zealand and Australia. So there's been a lot of um, kind of information from New Zealand about the history of the country and of the Maori people. I mean, Australia with their First Nations people as well. That's really, really fascinating. Mm. And her talking about, you know, social justice and things like that. I thought that was fascinating. That's the FIFA football work yeah, yeah 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 i mean restorative justice is is huge isn't yeah. it and and i think it was but what it was great was to come across a cricketer who's 
view of the world was much wider than cricket. Yeah. And but also part of that generation that have mm. had to have a, a career yeah. um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that reminds me also of kind of the Anna Harris episode yeah. when she spoke so passionately about her work with um, medicine and obviously that was during COVID. So she was doing a lot of the vaccines and things like that. So, I mean, of course I know she does tons of umpiring now and is amazing, um, but actually her passion and, uh, you know, her real dedication to medicine, I thought was really interesting. Yes. And I, rem- I remember going into that thinking, mm-hmm. you know, this, this person is clearly on the fast track to be yeah. a professional umpire. Yeah. A question about that. And and mm-hmm. by the end of the interview, it was really clear that it's medicine that's yeah. the really, really important thing yeah. to her. I mean, I wonder if that's changed. I don't know, because she's done so mm. much of her But that, yeah, was really interesting for me. Um, I'm trying to think of other episodes. I kind of wrote a little list of things I thought of. Um, someone mentioned Charlie Dean's episode, yeah. which also I really like. And it was interesting because that episode obviously blew up after the incident at Lords. Um, so that was quite funny. But we spoke to her, I think it was just after finals day or just before Charlotte Edwards Cup mm. finals day. Um, but of course she was kind of this breakthrough star for England. Yeah. So actually to kind of hear from her was, in, I, I love that when we've had players that have gone on to play for England. So I think of my Boucher who yes. um, she just got her England call up. Yeah. But then people like Alice Capsey, who we got at an incredible time because it was the afternoon that it was announced she was going on the A tour to Australia. Yes. And of course she hadn't played for England at this point. She'd had that one year of the hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, but to hear her talking about what she wants to achieve and stuff, and now she's gone and pretty much achieved most of it is really cool to listen to. The timing of the guests in that way is really important, yeah. isn't it? Because I, I don't know if listeners are aware, but once someone is England contracted, it's much more difficult to get them yeah. to do a media interview because you've got mm-hmm. to go through England media yeah. to do it. So I think Crossy um, effectively <laughs> goes to a media herself that I want to speak to these yeah, people. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, normally it's, it's a bit more difficult. There mm-hmm. are kind of um, barriers in the way. Yeah. So to get people who are playing for England but not contracted mm. or on the verge of England selection yeah. or on the verge of breaking through somehow, mm-hmm. it's, it, those are the key people, aren't, aren't they? So yeah. certainly we're with Alice Capsey. Mm. That was definitely the case, Charlie Dean. I suppose the the other person mm-hmm. that comes to mind in terms of brilliant timing yeah. was Sophia Smale. Well, yeah, because that was just like a month before the hundred or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we'd seen a bit of regional stuff, and we're like, oh, she's pretty decent. Um, but of course, then had the most incredible hundred. Yes. Um, and at the time of that interview. Is it her mum knew she'd been selected for the 100, but she yeah. didn't? Yeah, so she was talking about how she really, like, she was like, oh, well, obviously I don't want to get anyone, anyone to get injured, but, you know, I'd love to get called up. And obviously she had a contract, but just didn't know it. Um, and then, yeah, like a week later or something, mm-hmm. got the 100 call up and um, was the joint leader wicket taker for over the principles. Yes, and that was, and again, that was quite an emotional interview, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, she's a very emotional person. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, it was really moving mm. to speak to her. I've never cried in an interview and I cried and I cried a lot after it and yeah. editing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but of course, l- when she had her breakthrough, lots of people wanted to know more about mm. her and went to that interview as a result. Yeah. And so that was picked up quite mm. a lot about her relationship with her granddad and, yeah. and so on. So yeah, that, that was a really nice episode. In terms of let's move to kind of funny side, um, I've got two that come to mind, actually three that come to mind straight away. Laura Harris, Molly Strano and Roberta. Firstly, Laura Harris. I mean, who joined an interview from an operating theatre? So she's a nurse (coughs) and Mm -hmm. rather than speak to us on a day off, she spoke to us when she was on shift and that she was just finishing a night shift. Mm -hmm. And then after a night shift, she was going to have to train. Yeah, but she was just like, that was madness. And so took us into a procedure room <laughs> to uh, conduct this interview while she's still on shift as a nurse yeah in her scrubs and yeah. she joined the zoom and you could just see like an operating theater light <laughs> and I was like, what on earth? it was so and she's just such a funny person she was anyway. um so that was just such a funny interview mm. molly strano i just think like 
she's the sort of person I just want to hang out with. Like she's so mm-hmm. funny. And her telling the story about dressing as a massive cricket bat <laughs> and dancing on stage with Kate Perry. I'm just like, you don't get much more iconic than that. <laughs> so and also kind of the contrast of she's telling this hilarious story whilst we were sit sat shivering. Yes. Because we did it at like seven AM, it was freezing. Yes. Um and she was in nice sunny Australia. Yeah. Um so that was yeah, that was really funny. And then Roberta talking about how she's got a dog called Jimmy Anderson. <laughs> I was like, right, this is podcast gold. <laughs> That's going on in the intro. So yeah, that for me was really, really good. Now, um, I got people to send in different mm-hmm. ones. We mentioned quite a lot of them already. Um, one from, uh, you know, we're, ha- we're not allowed to have favourite listeners, but up there, Lisa Scott, the mum of Lizzie Scott, mm-hmm. has to be up there with like favourite listeners. Um, and she was just like, I love that you guys know where Northumberland is. And I was mm-hmm. like, I think we need to do rec- like top five recommendations for Northumberland. We yeah. are like now the representatives of the tourist board because every time I think of Northumberland, I'm just, oh, it makes me smile. Mm-hmm. And I want to go th- back, well, we are going back there, but I want to go back there now. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I also love that interview with Lizzie Scott and actually all yes. of the under 19s. I thought was really cool. And someone mentioned this because of course they were kind of unknown. Um, so to actually have interviews with them was fascinating. And actually that for me was a big moment because I included those interviews in an article I just posted on the podcast website, which got picked up by the cricketer and I got my first like proper byline. So I mean, that was quite a big moment, to be fair. Um, yes, I, I really enjoyed meeting the under-19s. I yeah. thought those were great interviews. And what <coughs> came across to me is how well they got on with each other. Yeah. So the coaches did a really good job in sort of bonding mm. them as a, as a team. Well, they had that ma- all those weeks at Loughborough. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and that came across really, really strongly. Mm. And uh, but then of course it was all around Christmas time we were doing it, and so we, we asked did the them Christmas, Christmas questions. <gasps> that was so funny. Yeah, and Liberty Heap is one of the least Christmassy. She people is like ever proper made. Grinch, and we were going to have that as our like actual Christmas special. And I was like, no, we can't actually do this as a Christmas special because like she just hates Christmas. And I was like, oh gosh. So it's fine. In the end, we just merged. Like we got answers from quite a few of them and put them together. But I was like, oh. My and who gosh. was it who had the weirdest Christmas tradition? Oh, I can't remember. My memory is not that good, but it, it was funny. Um, so yeah, that they were good. But I mean, we've just had some. We've spoken to so many people, um, and you get kind of nuggets of really, really good quotes or really interesting things. And obviously, a lot of people do have the same cricket story. But when you get people who their story, I mean, Georgie Boyce, for example, yeah. it was her like year six teacher. Yeah. Um, Phoebe Turner, I remember, um, didn't kind of get into cricket through family and things like that. So things like that are quite interesting. Um, and I, I like when you have, I don't know, slightly different things about people, which yeah. is kind of cool. And I, and I like it as well, that when they're talking about this, they can say which club that was yeah. important to yeah. them as they were growing up, which helped yeah. them develop and that sort of thing. And yeah. I think it's really good to mention those mm. Uh, clubs who are you know producing professional yeah. players international players mm. which is absolutely fantastic another episode how could i forget shikapandi oh that was so good i love it was that. it was great so yeah that she just delivered the ball of the century i know it was like that talk about timing because also she was like when i messaged her she was like oh i'll do it after the series because mm-hmm. she's like oh, i'm focusing on the series and in my head, that meant oh, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But then she followed up and was like, "Hey, I'm available now." And obviously, yeah, she had delivered the ball of the century, and that was great. And I think she she, <coughs> said, she chose to go on us because it's father daughter, yeah. and yeah. and her father's really influential yeah. to her. And uh, I remember, and she's also um, an engineer, yeah, by training. She's so, in like the air force. Yes, that's right. So I thought, right, she would be able to explain about swing bowling, you know, yeah. because she's got this... The physics. The physics of yeah. it. So I asked her about it. She said, yeah, if the wind's blowing in the face, <laughs> it helps. They're like, oh, <laughs> oh, put the degree to good use. So, but I'm sure that's correct as well. well yeah, I think it probably is true. Yeah, so that, that was a, 
a really, really memorable, mm-hmm. memorable one as well, wasn't it? Yeah. There have been some funny moments where, I won't mention names, but where podcast guests have messaged saying, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Can you cut that out? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> or I remember with um with one guest, they said a lot about the 100 teams that they were like trying to sign for. I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't actually say that. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so things like that are quite funny, actually. Um, but it's just been so much fun. And I don't think I really thought we would get to 100. I mean, I didn't really think about it, no. to be fair. Um, but yeah, it's... um. It's been really cool. Can I mention one more episode as well? Yeah. Stood outside of Lords with oh Sid and Oh my Rav. gosh. Right, that is the peak. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, after, like, I was absolutely raging. I mean, I was, like, a bit drunk. And I was also <laughs> absolutely raging because of the Mancad situation. Which now I think, I watched the video back a couple of months ago and I couldn't stop laughing because I was, like, yelling. <laughs> And I was like so angry, but just the whole situation was so kind of chaotic because it was pitch black. There were like ambulances coming past. Lauren Bell's parents came at one point and tried to like crash the thing, and we're like, "No, you're on the wrong side of the camera." They've been in hospitality. Um, just trying to process everything that happened that day was so much for one episode. But oh, I absolutely loved it. It was it brilliant, was so yeah, funny. and it's the only episode we've ever done which you can see video footage of on YouTube. That's true. Because it's yeah, um, yeah, because it's on the Cricket Hurt mm-hmm. um, weekly YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I don't dare release some of our interview things where like it's been six a.m. and I've just like rolled out of bed for this interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a there's a reason we don't put video footage. Well, I this is a funny thing. No one knew what we looked like for ages because we kept it like a big secret. Yes, we were sort of Banksy. <laughs> we were the Banksy of women's cricket. Well, no, that's Hypercourse. Hyper, Hyper, yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we tried too hard, but there was a bigger competitor. I can't remember the first time our faces were shown, um, but I think my face, my face got leaked somewhere. Leaked. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, we'll just have to reveal all. Um, but yeah, that was um, that was. I don't know why we kept it such a seat i mean there was no reason to we've got faces for radio we don't need our faces the audio format works yeah exactly but that is it is strange isn't it when you only know someone through their Mm. voice like on radio and then you see their face well i bet people wouldn't recognize us if we're walking around i mean some people slightly more now but like if you heard us talking you might be like oh i know that voice but it's this thing with radio you have a picture of how someone looks yeah and when you see them, you're like, what? Yes. Like, you, you don't look like that. So I hope we don't disappoint when you do get to see us. <laughs> oh, we probably do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been it's been a fun 100. 100 not out. Very much not, not out. out. We plan yeah. on double century. We're going to do Tommy Beaumont, get a double century. Yeah. Yeah. And um, see where it takes us. Yeah. I think, And I've, I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed it. And um, cricket's always been a big part of my life. But I think what you've done for me is you've kind of brought women's cricket into my life over the last two and a half mm-hmm. years, um, which is just, it's just increased my enjoyment so much. Yeah. And to be part of this wave of growth in the game mm-hmm. has been amazing. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's about timing. You, you know, you know how to time your run. <laughs> you don't know how to time a cricket ball very well. But- <laughs> But you have Very journalistic cute. timing, yeah. which is brilliant. Yeah, it's crazy because I suppose the podcast was the start of pretty much everything. Mm. Like, there's no way I would have been in a press box at Lords if we hadn't started the podcast. Yeah. yeah, and and again, it you're, it's shaped your future as well. Mm. Yeah. So you're hoping to go to university in two months' time? Yeah. Two months. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, it's literally two months. <laughs> That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I, I want to do sports journalism now. I want to focus on that. And, yeah, I mean, it, again, another thing, like, I never would have done commentary. Mm. Like, that wasn't... I mean, it's one of those things, like, I, I listened to a lot of commentary. I was like, oh, I'd love to do that. But I never am like, oh, I'm going to do that. And it's because of the podcast that I got an opportunity to do commentary. Yeah, so, which is crazy. Which now is, like, one of my favourite things to do. Mm-hmm. Um so it's really like interesting how a tiny decision we made. I mean, I remember. So obviously we had the conversation when we were 
on a walk and then I remember being up in the living room and um I was like looking at design like trying to make a logo and I kind of in my head thought this was a joke mm-hmm. and like we weren't going to do it and I was like a bit embarrassed I was like do what I was like should I suggest something because I was like um I don't know whether you were serious about it or not and mm-hmm. then obviously you were serious um and yeah the the podcast is thriving well yes and and it's my ideal thing really because I don't really have to do anything <laughs> you don't say <laughs> So, yeah so it feels like we're an equal partnership but really i just turn up uh, on a thursday <laughs> chat for half an hour and and then you do everything else well i mean you used to send the zoom links and now you don't even do that no, anymore <laughs> so um yeah because we all do it from my laptop rather than mm-hmm. the old one so yeah i mean i don't mind it being that way and it, it'll be weird next year actually because we'll we'll have to record on zoom and things like that um but i think it's a nice way for us to always have something to talk about even i mean not to say we'll get bored of each other's company ever but i don't know it's a nice thing to have in common and when i mention i do the podcast i'll do it with my dad oh that's so cool um and a lot of people in cricket actually find that really cool um because you sent me an article it was interesting i was at lord's and i literally there were tears pouring down my face reading Mm -hmm. that article um so it's jonathan lou in the guardian yeah um talking about cricket and fathers mm-hmm. and his relationship with his father with whom he's estranged and um yeah it, it, but then I think about my dad as well yeah you know and he died just before we started the podcast or about a year and a bit before and um you know he's got the full wisdom collection <laughs> at, at, still at, yeah. his, at, at my mom's house in Ireland and um all of these are kind of legacy things mm. aren't they which kind of shape who we are and um and it's great that this is something it's um well it's part of our relationship now mm. um and it can become a little bit obsessive i think we've got to be we, we have to work <laughs> hard sometimes i think to um to kind of decouple ourselves from cricket yeah in order yeah. to have a proper relationship <laughs> not just talking about tommy Beaumont's batting all the time yeah and yeah. And, and not to really annoy uh, other people around us yeah um but but it's a really nice context with which mm. to do something together, isn't it? And I think you know because I think with a uh, any sort of parent child relationship, mm. there's a there's a generational difference, isn't there? Yeah. By its very nature, so to find those contexts in which to relate to one another and understand one another, and I suppose then to uh, be real with one another and open with one, one another, mm. it's, it, I think it's really important. And this is this has proved to be a really nice way of doing that. Oh, that's lovely. There are tears in my eyes. There actually are, but I think that's just because I've got a cold. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, that has been the thing of the podcast. I've had a lot of colds. Mm -hmm. I think it's because tiredness and... I mean, I'm not stressed anymore because... Well, the the thing is, your exams are finished and now you're spending your whole time sat on Megabus going round. Don't. Can we talk about the Megabus, actually? (laughs) Because, so I've... (laughs) I found a fondness of the National Express mm-hmm. because train tickets are really expensive and the coach is actually quite nice. Like you just sit on there, you don't have to like change, you don't have to think about your stop or anything. Takes you from A to B, it's wonderful. However, going to Bristol yesterday or the day before, whatever day it was, um, there were no National Express that were going there on time. I think the one I could have got was sold out. So I had to go on the mega bus. And I'm pretty sure that used to be a pound. And it's there's a good reason for that. <laughs> it was like the most traumatic experience. I mean, there was, right, bear in mind, this was 8am. There was a guy with a rotisserie chicken <laughs> just munching them. I was like, it's 8am, like, what am I doing? It was vile, like... So if you're sat on the bus for three hours oh, and once you've finished your rotisserie chicken, what do you do with it? <laughs> It was awful. Like it was such a bad experience. Um, you sort of kick the bones down the centre oh, aisle. <laughs> Never again. Like National Express to me is pure luxury now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that was not a lovely. Um, also, I just got dumped on the side of a road in Bristol. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a. It's a the mega bus way. <laughs> That's what I've grown to realise. Um, what were we even talking about before? Uh, well, we were talking about the fact that 
all these really, really high pressure important exams are now over. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so you filled your life with high pressure uh, cricket writing and travelling well, up and down the Well, I know, country. it's funny because I don't think many people finish school and go and cover an Ashes series for fun. But yeah, it's absolutely, I mean, my week last week is mad because I went Birmingham to London, London to Dublin, Dublin to London, London to Birmingham, Birmingham to Bristol, Bristol to Birmingham. So that's probably why I've got a cold. But um, yeah, no, like since finishing school, I'm so much, I mean, I am covering like really stressful cricket, mm-hmm. but genuine stress yes. has gone, which is so nice. Um, so yeah, it's good. And it's funny because a lot of like people I know were going on like girls holidays to Ibiza and I'm like no I'm gonna go to Taunton and follow some cricket um but you know it's what I want to do so why not start it now well you're doing a really good job on it Paul thank you um well there's our 100th episode yeah done and dusted so if people want to follow us and all that sort of thing, yeah. what do they need to do? So you can follow us on Instagram, which is Naughty Child Podcast, and Twitter, which is OO Child Podcast. Um, follow the podcast wherever you're listening. And I think most platforms you can follow it, subscribe, that sort of thing. Um, and come back for more. I mean, next week we'll probably have an interview. Um, oh, my gosh, we'll almost know the Ashes. Well, we might know the Ashes result. Mm. Um, so we'll see what happens. But... Thanks for sticking sticking with us. Um, I wonder if there's anyone who's been listening since episode one, other than my own mother. Mm. Possibly. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people did put that first Kate Cross one as yeah. kind of their favourite episode, so I wonder if it is. We do have um, some very long-term listeners. Oh, we do. We? Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for sticking with us. And if you joined us at the 99th episode... Thanks for sticking with us to the 100th. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll probably be back next week with... Well, we will be back next week. We'll probably have a guest. Um, and there's so much cricket to talk about. So, yeah, as we say, follow us on socials and we'll see you next week. Bye.